1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Folks, here we go. Another edition of Sports Insider Radio coming to you from Las Vegas. Brian Blessing. We got the boys ready to rock and roll. John and Mike. And college football's off to the races. And the NFL gets underway on a Thursday night. Week one, Major League Baseball, college football, hockey hoops, all kinds of cool stuff is on the way. As we welcome in the boys, are you ready for some football, fellas? We are. Do we have our did our guests call in yet? Uh, no, actually, I'm, I maybe possibly now. So, what's Let's going see. on? Are you ready for some football? I'm ready for some football, even though there's already been football. I mean, look, this is technically week two of college football. Uh, all, my son got his draft done yesterday. Everybody got their uh, Mike got his draft done yesterday. Now I think we're we're out of this season. And uh, we're ready to actually rock and roll. I did my fantasy football draft. I have two of them. Got those in the cookie jars. It's time to rock and roll. And then a lot of angles in play, fellas, as we're we're gearing up. Michael, how'd your fantasy team shake out? I'm very excited. I still have one more draft after after all the drafts and and finding out the starting rotations and 
obviously finding out that my boy McCoy has gone back to Kansas City. He's rising up the charts right now. Zeke got that huge monster deal, the, the biggest deal ever for a running back. So I had that draft tonight. I'm in the four slot, Brian. So I was I was a little nervous going into it. This is the big money league, and I just didn't know if this contract dispute would go into the season like Melvin Gordon is. Mm-hmm. So now, I'll tell right you what. Now, he, he got the money. Uh Watch out for the old pulled hamstring. I've seen that a thousand yeah. times. No, he's on, he's on the beach in Cabo running sprints every day. Yeah, now someone's trying to rip your head off your shoulders. And <laughs> Hey, he's back, and he got all his money. Oop, he pulled a hammy. He'll be back in week nine. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just warning you. So I'm pumped, Brian. It's, it's, it's a long time coming. I mean, football is here. Um, our, our friend and... David Miller is going to be on the show today. He's going to break down some games going into tomorrow. Um, had a bad, big weekend already last week. So football is here. I know we waited all summer for this. I mean, I don't, you could ask him this yourself. Maybe you go, get in David's on, on the line, man. You guys go for it. He, he, David's well, with us. He might hey, want how to tell you how to. He might want to tell you how he goes on how he goes on fifteen cruises a summer to get ready for football. You might want to get with him next year to maybe get on some of those cruises with him. <laughs> how'd, week, how'd week one in college football go for you, David? Uh, really well. I'm not sure what the record was, but we beat, we beat the move on 40 out of 44 games, meaning we had the same or better. And then the, the win-loss was like, seven or eight more wins than losses. So, it was, uh, But it was, it was pretty it was exhausting. 20, 24-18. 24 and 18. Yeah, and we only only basically three of them got a point better. So I felt I was proud of that work because it's it's really tough to do. You know, 90 almost 85 percent of them uh, beat the move by well, same or better. But I would say 70 percent of them closed really good, like where there was a market edge. Uh, so yeah, no. If I can do that every week, I'm rich and I'm going on 25 cruises. <laughs> So, Dave, can you explain to the radio listeners, and we did it on our video that we posted on the website when I was in Vegas in studio with Brian a couple weeks ago and then came and met you at the uh, Mirage. Can you explain uh, just quickly, you know, in a nutshell, what what define what the market edge is? For a lot of people that are listening, they're not professional bettors. They just see a team or they went to a college university and that's their favorite school, or they live in a city like Mike lives in Baltimore and he just – Loves the Ravens, you know stuff like. Can you explain the the the, the nuance of what sure. the market edge is to the, the layman? Sure. So if you look at three nineteen, three twenty, it's West Virginia at Missouri, and it's basically a straight fourteen across the world. So you go anywhere, the line's fourteen. You might have some random thirteen and a halves or random fourteen and a halves, but for the most part, the line's fourteen. So if you have plus fifteen and a half there after the the takeout minus 110 having a point and a half off the going rate basically you have a market edge if you have minus 12 and a half the other way so Missouri minus 12 and a half and it's a straight 14 you have a market edge after juice the minus 12 and a half is better than the plus 15 and a half because 13 is worth more than 15 but yeah that's that's what it is you basically have a discrepancy you're holding a bet with a discrepancy off of the going rate in real time if that makes sense. So you're but, basically a sports trader. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, however you want to look at it. But, yeah, because in theory, basically the 14, basically Missouri minus 14 is a true coin flip in theory. Now, that's not really the case. I'm sure that won't be the case, and I'm sure we'll close off of 14. But then trying to get your money in good the way that it closes off of 14. So you want to lay 14, and you're hoping you're staring at 16 Saturday morning, or you want to take plus 14, and you're hoping you're staring at 12. That's kind of the yeah. So that would be a trader kind of yeah. That's a good and how often it. do you bet both sides of the same game and come for the middle in the, throughout the whole entire football season? Would you say there's a certain amount of games? Yeah, well, you probably ten percent of them. Yeah, where I have both sides, but I would have to like in this game, I would have to take plus fourteen. And if I took plus fourteen, I'm just giving random numbers. That means I think the line should be twelve or twelve and a half. So if it did go down to 10, now there's an edge on minus 10, two in my eyes. So that is, that's a situation where I would go for the middle because when I fired the plus 14, I thought that bet had an edge. I thought it should have been 12 or 12 and a half. And then when I bet minus 10, I thought that had an edge because I thought it should be 12 or 12 and a half. And I'm not saying I like that side. It's just I'm giving an example. But yeah, 10%, if I had to guess. 10 to 15, maybe. Right, because uh, just to get in some numbers early for you, Brian, this you know th- this first week of college football it, it correlates to my age. I'm 46 years old, and there's 46 completed college football games. So I was looking at the numbers this morning, and this was amazing. Um, on the, And again, uh, Dave and Mike and Brian, when I'm, when I'm giving stats, I'm giving them based on the closing number. But the, And I don't know which two games hit the number. Maybe you two can inform me or even Brian. Um, but looking at the favorites dogs, the, the dogs on the closing number won 55% week one of college football. That goes counting the first two that Hawaii game the week before. So you, if you count every college football game that's been played, and I'm not talking about added games, just regular games. Um, you are 23 and 19 and two on the 46 games. So that so straight up, the favorites actually won 73 percent of their games. So the favorites on the money line were 32 in 12. But as we always say, the point spread is the equalizer. That 32 and 12 straight up with favorites winning outright becomes 23 19 to the dog side and two pushes. Obviously, with the money line, you don't have any pushes. So, the question, and I'm going to start tracking this this season, is were those closing numbers of those two registered pushes, are those pushes? Uh, there's people like you that probably didn't wouldn't have pushed on those games and got the opening number and then got the closing number and obviously those two games that hit the number are middling opportunities. Well, usually, usually if a if a game hit, and I'm talking about the sides, if it hits the number to the final, like for example, Louis the Louisville game hit 18. Basically, any so pro better there. Do you guys know which two games were registered as the as a push this week? At Louisville. I mean, that was 18. Atlanta okay. on 18. But anyway, any pro better there has has minus 17.5 or plus 18.5 or more. Like, nobody – I because I, I saw some 17.5, so I don't think any pro better would have pushed there. 
and then the total too, Ohio State and Florida Atlantic, that was another one that, that hit. I had over 63 and 63 and a half, and then I woke up, it was 66, 66 and a half, 67. So I went, I went over 63 and 63 and a half, and then under 60, 66 and a half and 67. I hit um, right on, on 66, 45 to 21. So that was a good game. Was there, was there a, but, a middle on the Clemson game? I think it got real close to the number as well, within a half a point. Clemson. Um, drawing a blank. What was the final score? Uh, Mike. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, exactly. That's another one. Uh, it opened 21. I released 21, minus 21. And then, actually, it didn't middle. It 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 it, it sided. So the the Georgia side won. If you bet it any time before within an hour of the game, and then it landed right on twenty four. And then there was never a twenty four and a half, but there was a lot of twenty fours. So that was another one where I where I hit the minus twenty one, and I pushed the plus twenty four. Yeah, exactly. That's now, a good one. Brian, yeah. do you get into all this betting both sides of the games? You're strictly straight up, you know, your game is your game. No, the, the in-trade aspect of it, once the game's off, the, there's uh, ways to uh, come back the other way. Uh, more half times and in-play wagering. Right, I mean, I, yeah, I don't so know. Yeah, so that would be the same. Thought, right, I don't know what you guys thought of week one. With I'm sure the public was having a blast with uh, teasing Alabama and Clemson. <laughs> And I mean, I guess every week. I mean, we could. This is something to talk about. I know they're boring teams, but I mean, from a public perspective, why wouldn't you bet? You know, I mean, Alabama. Why wouldn't you bet both of those teams, or at least have them in teasers till they prove otherwise? With the way these guys came out, rolled like monsters. Yeah, I wouldn't well, sell. I wouldn't sell, te- and- I wouldn't sell Texas A and M short this week. <laughs> I think, I, it, you know, it, and the thing you're going to watch too in the NFL coming up, which has been the last two years, I've never seen anything like this for years and years. Okay, game moves a point or something. Uh, we're seeing, and now like the week two lines are already up. You watch the advanced week two lines based on some results that you're going to see this week. This thing will flop favorites, and you'll see two, three, four-point moves in the NFL, which is unheard of three years ago. Um, you know, it's the, the adjustments that are being made based on uh, you know one week's worth of action. I've never seen the NFL be be so volatile. Right, and usually you want to fade that, like you're saying. I'm sure you do that too. The way you worded that, you would go against whatever the big adjustments that you saw from week to week. I do too. Well, I mean, the other thing you could do, too, is is honestly, uh, like I would throw even a golf analogy in with the FedEx playoffs. If you were betting a guy in the semifinals, uh, you'd be nuts not to bet him for the FedEx Cup the following week. And I think you could do the same things here. If you've got a strong opinion on a team in week one uh, and the week two lines are up, uh, if you got a, an opinion that a team's going to be horrible, and you th- you think that number and that adjustment's going to come next week, I th- I think you can make a play in a game this week, and then also go and go ahead and make an advance week two bet because that number will shift. So, are you telling me the Bengals are going to beat the Seahawks, Brian? No, I'm not <laughs> telling you that one. Uh, you know what? I, it's, I'll tell you though, it's the NFL and cra- you know, crazier things. I mean, oh uh, oh. Uh, Full disclosure, David's from Seattle. Yeah, no, well, no, I, I don't step in front of too many teams going up there uh, with that home field advantage. Yeah, but when you look at a number like that, ten and a half. I mean, I'm looking at the Nine money line on a respect. It's I'm looking at um, 
um, I'm looking at a respectable site right now. Just right now, they have ten and a half plus one fifteen, and plus ten and a half minus one thirty five. Well, the one Sorry, the one thing you, you got the one thing you got to you know really really take into consideration here. Week one is a circus act, and then everybody gets all nuts with what they last saw. Go, oh, this team beat that team. They're going to go kill that team in week two, and that's not true. Week two is a completely different. It, it's one of the most unique weeks in the NFL season because teams know if they go zero and two, eighty seven percent of the time, they are going to miss the playoffs. So they, they're trying to win every week, but there are teams that are going to circle the wagons and play it like a playoff game in week two because they feel their season's on the line. Week two, week 17 are the two most unique weeks in an NFL season. Yeah, the emotional edge definitely is higher for that team that's that's 0-1. I agree with that. Mike and uh, is a big fantasy guy, David. Are you a fantasy guy? Nope. Between the contests, cash bets, trying to keep myself fit, I just don't have any time. But, I mean, I wish you luck. Let me know how you do each week. I'll sweat it with you. <laughs> I got that, and I'm in a big survivor pool, and you guys are talking about the Seahawks, I mean, which is that's my survivor uh, pool pick in week one. So I hope this isn't going to change my, uh, my odds of uh, selecting another team. I'm going, I'm going with the Seahawks hard this week. The, the crazy what percentage thing, of people do you think are picking that? <laughs> no, in, 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 a, in a survivor pool, uh, I bet you seventy percent of the people will be on that. Jeez. And I, and I, you know what? Did you did you already push that button, Mike? <laughs> I can change it. I'm just, I can always change it. I'm, well, I'm just there's something you know. There's that one that just everybody gets knocked out of the water. Listen, and it's the I one that looks like one. I, I lost week yeah. one last year. It's an You're listen. To these are the Eagles. These are NFL teams, and it, it, the bottom line is: is it going to shock anybody? The answer you guys may say yes. I, I didn't. But see the it, Eagles are favored by ten. You got to pick that one, man. You got don't you got to take the highest spread? That's ten. Well, I think the thing you got to do with a survivor pool, yeah, you got to survive in advance. But the thing you want to do is you want to get deep into the thing and still have good teams left. Um, you know uh, yeah. the, those low hanging fruit games. Uh, you know what? I do. I think Philly should roll Washington, but that's a division game, and it's amazing. Division dogs uh, in Week One openers. The numbers are stupefying. <laughs> uh, how uh, you know on paper? Yeah, sure, yeah. it's the Eagles. But I mean, the Redskins, uh, the Lions looked atrocious. Arizona was a mess. But you know what? All those teams weren't rolling out what they're actually going to do. Preseason's all vanilla garbage, so it, it, it wouldn't shock me if you know they're, they're not playing a world beater. But it wouldn't shock me uh, if Arizona came out in that offense. Oh man, that's actually not half bad. Uh, you, you know, and, and then tackling is bad. No one's played sixty minutes of football. Week one is. I think. I think you look for higher scoring games in week one, and then the defense make adjustments in week two. Well, sounds good. Yeah. I like yeah, it. and I mean, like, uh, I think the two. I was, I was just talking about this. How just certain teams just do not care in the preseason whatsoever, and particularly they don't want to show the rest of the league what type of offense and what type of packages they've installed in the pre, you know, in training camp. So, like the two teams that I believe that could be complete wild cards early in the season are Arizona and San Francisco. I mean, they're just you just expect. I normally think. 
and it's 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 worked for me in the past. The teams that do absolutely horrendous in preseason end up coming out and doing decent. It it doesn't matter what you did in the preseason. Yeah, they're positional battles and and roster spots, and guys are just trying to make the team. They play week after week, but a lot of these teams just they don't want to have players hurt because of years past when we saw gruesome injuries that ruined the team's entire season. So now they're just they're really keeping it under wraps. So come the season, they're completely putting out you know packages that no defensive coordinator has seen yet. So it's very interesting. I'm excited about to see how Arizona comes out. They have a lot of hype, but also you know the offensive line is so bad. I think Kyler Murray's going to get killed back there. But and as a rookie quarterback, we know how that goes. But again, statistics don't matter as much. It really comes down to the line, and I've learned a lot from Dave um, over time about finding line discipline and understanding it's when you bet, not what you bet. So you know, well, you, I know well, you early. can catch a rogue. You can catch a rogue three. Not even a rogue three. It looks like it looks like Arizona's headed to plus three. Uh, by Sunday because it, it opened pick and it's just been all Detroit money. So good news if you really feel that way, you'll get a plus three. I'm, I'm pretty sure by Sunday. Well, especially and again, the guys listening to the show, if you want to get uh, Dave's plays, you can go to VegasRingers.com or follow Dave at VegasRingers on Instagram. And if you're looking for Brian's plays, you can go to InsiderGame.com. So both of these guys have great analysis and they do quite well year after year. I know early in the show when Dave was breaking down uh, the trading model of the market edge, years ago, I didn't even understand that lingo. And to a standard better, it's tough to understand. So we do the work for you. Dave does the work for you. And literally, you go in, you log in, you get his plays, and the work is already done. So, again, it's, it's a very smart analysis when you break down the line because most people are just not used to hearing that. You know, the one thing about the uh, NFL numbers and week one specifically, these numbers have been on the board for literally two and a half months. And now, all of a sudden, uh, we're seeing numbers start to steam. And it's like, well, okay, what's happened different? I mean, what, 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 well, what, do, pe- me- what do people know now that they well, haven't been staring well, at for seven months or seven well, weeks, talk, eight let's weeks? Talk, let's talk about the Chargers. So, isn't the public just going to bang against the Colts since Luck retired? And I'm surprised the line isn't already eight. Yeah, well, basically, okay, so it came out three and a half and it got better. Or it came out three and it got bet up a little bit to three and a half and four. Then that news broke. It went to seven. And actually, it looks like the pro betters kind of feel that, that the Colts will be all right with Brissett, and they think the rest of the team is, is probably better than than what your average person thinks because because it's not only did it did it break seven and go back down to six and a half it's actually pushing six meaning a lot of money's coming in on the on the Colts you know since they upped the limits this week so yeah interesting spot well, for I'm, sure I'm, yeah right I mean, you know this, this is a thing where there's it is just so it'll be interesting to see at the end of the season uh, Mike talked he just said preseason doesn't matter uh, I know you got some skin in the game on this matchup. We don't have to release what you already bet because um, it could just be a market edge play. But, you know, let's talk about the Ravens. They're 16-0 in preseason since 2015. <clears throat> and now they're a road, seven-point road favorite. I don't want to talk about the spread. I just want to talk about them winning the game outright. Like, I could easily see them losing this game 
Because as Mike said, you know, preseason doesn't really matter, and it hasn't mattered for the Ravens either. Well, when you can see a team winning the game outright and you can get plus 270, I don't know, John, you might have a bet there if you really believe that. Uh, you know, I do. And I was gonna, for the listeners, what percentage of your plays, I know uh, you used to send me the congratulations to all money line bettors. What percentage of your underdogs um, do, you, do you bet on the actual money line, um, or is it a very small percentage when you're, like, playing a dog? Well, a lot of times it depends on the going rate. I usually try to look for the side first, and then and then some of those they really get you on the on the bigger underdogs on the money line. Some of the places, so I try to look at the side. But a lot of guys, when whenever the spread is like one and a half, two and a half, three, we'll just take the money line right there because it's so low. Especially if it's like plus two and a half, then you're kind of thinking in your head, eh, I don't need the two and a half. I'd rather you know get plus plus 115 plus 120 it just it all depends what is the better uh which one has more value the spread or the money line uh the to to the going rate is what i'm saying so i would say the money line probably like 15 20 percent i'm usually the spread to be honest with you and then especially on the favorite then i'm then if it's like a minus four or higher i'm always the spread basically you know, the crazy but, thing like you, you said, you, if, if you were going to play the Rams, why lay one when you can lay 135, right? Well, yeah, it would also it would depend. Well, now it's two and a half, but it's it would depend on because you're looking at five dimes. It's like a juice one, so it's like How minus one. How did you know one. where I was looking? Because they're, they only that. have – they do that. It's two and a half everywhere, and then they'll put it like okay, a so point I'm, and a half all off. All the lines that I'm quoting you right now are five dimes. You are correct. That's amazing. Well, yeah, they'll just juice. They'll and then it's teaser protection too. They they want it where if you tease it up, six point teaser, it doesn't go through seven. So so, so a lot, five a lot times, of times that Seattle game is ten and a half plus one fifteen, ten and a half minus one thirty five on Cincy. Right. So if you tease that down, you can't go below three. That's why they do that. And uh, and and maybe somebody will go. Well, I want ten and a half, and they'll overpay there for that point. It's that point's worth twenty cents. Maybe they'll overpay and pay twenty five cents. So I mean, they obviously know what they're doing and are a successful company with putting those games a point to a point and a half off and then juicing one side. But um yeah, I just do the kind of the going raid and I shop around and I can get my money in pretty good. Even in NFL, I can almost bet with no takeout, you know, if I really if I really stare at the board and, and, and I'm focused on it. What percentage of the games and I, I'm asking because I haven't looked at the numbers well, let me ask you this. Will you lay seven and a half in an NFL game? Would you lay, you know, I'm looking at five dimes, the lines might be off. Cowboys are seven and a half. Would you lay, or do you always make a rule that you're not going to get caught by the half a point? Like, I got seven and a half on the Saints at five dimes. I got seven and a half on Dallas at five dimes. I got ten and a half on Seattle. Um, if, so, you know, what, what's your take on that? If the number's off yeah. by a certain amount? Yeah, if I think it should be ten or ten and a half, I'll lay seven and a half. But by nature, I'm really like going out of my way and extra focused on that game to try to find a, a seven because it's such a key number. But if I if I if I zero in on that game and go, okay, I need the Cowboys here, and let's say it was seven and a half everywhere in the world, all literally once an hour the entire from Monday all the way till Sunday, check that game everywhere and and just if I don't. And then if I can't find a, a seven minus one ten, I see it going up to eight. 
now I'll 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 try to find a, a reduced seven and a half, like a minus seven and a half even, or minus seven and a half one hundred three. You know, at some at in an offshore place one hundred five. I'll try to do something where I'm not minus seven and a half minus one ten. But yeah, I, I like the feeling of minus seven and not seven and a half because you hate it, and then you and then you and then it's selective memory. You feel like every time you lay seven and a half, the game falls on seven. When it really doesn't, but it, but you just remember the times that that happened to you. So I must have Hope a real selective memory, which is why I refuse to lay seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, especially with a low total, where the where it's going to fall on on favor by seven, a higher percentage of the time. Yeah, it's painful to do that because you have to factor that in too. Like, let's say you're looking at I'm going to use college for example. Let's say you're thinking, well, I don't want to lay seven seven and a half. I want to lay seven. But you have those those teams where the total is like eighty two, then it's not as big of a deal, you know, because you're just scoring back and forth, and the frequency that falls on the favorite by seven is a lot lower. But yeah, in an NFL game with a forty five total like that, yeah, I'm really, it's painful to do that. I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> and John, Ted, yeah, you, you, now, and, you'll, and you, you'll never lay the three and a half, right? That's your mantra. Me, I, will. I won't. I mean, I don't know about him. Yeah, he will. I won't. Um, I was going to ask you both about two NFL games. We're kind of doing a reverse, and then we'll talk about college after the break, which is I'm surprised, and this is to Mike, this is to Brian, this is to Dave, I am surprised that two teams are five and a half. I am surprised that that um, the Patriots are five and a half. It's almost like to get money in on Pittsburgh, and I am surprised that um, Cleveland is five and a half. This team is supposed to go from uh, zero to hero, I won't be surprised if Cleveland and the Patriots, and I, I know I sound like a square, just blow out, you know, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Yeah, that's pretty square. Well, I said I sound like a square, but uh, I'm asking you. Like, I, I wouldn't be. Sh- I would. I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh and Tennessee went outright. Yeah, that's oh, what I was just going to say. He took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I just disclaimed my squaredom. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, there was an old-time bookmaker here in Baltimore that used to tell me, he says, never lay five and a half. You get a lot of three-point wins from the favorite on the five and a half. And I was I don't know how accurate that is in the later years that you guys have been doing this, but, you know, he always talked me off. Like, if you put a gun to my Selective head, memory. Five, selective memory. Yeah, because think about it. How many games fall right on the favorite by three? Uh, it's like twelve and a half percent or whatever. And and then so now you're really going to remember that, you know, which is going to happen a lot. But how many times do they win by seven or, or a roll? It's still a coin flip at the end of the day. It's just we we remember the traumatic losses like that where we lay three and a half and it falls on three or lay seven and a half and it falls on seven. It, it's just the nature of the business, you know. We remember bad beats. But we well, don't remember when we that, were the ones that benefited I, off of it. Everybody talking about, uh, you know, I laugh at that all the time, the, the the Northwestern game. And then everybody's torqued about the Oregon-Auburn uh, game where Auburn's got the field goal and they, the kid throws a jump ball, could have got picked instead it's a touchdown and the cover. But every, all they ever say is bad beat, bad beat. And, yeah, the people that had the right side loser, that's no fun. <laughs> right. But never once – they never call. It, they always call it a bad beat. No one ever says the lucky win. I mean, half <laughs> half of the people half of the people are winning on that thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, man, I will funny. tell you that. Uh, I will tell you in full disclosure. We had a play. Perfect example. Uh, we had a play that a source that we deal with. He he loves money lines, and uh, 
he gave us Wake Forest last week, and he said on the money line, he said there's no point laying the five. And, you know, this is a perfect selective memory scenario where I'm watching this game, and they're going back and forth, and Wake winds up winning the game and not covering the five. And so, I mean, you know, you can say what you want, but in that particular scenario, it was like, well, if you, you know, he said, and this goes back to you, Brian, with horse racing. Uh, if you'll lay a $200 favorite in baseball, why wouldn't you lay a 200 money line in football and just worry about the team winning outright and not covering anybody? Well, you know, go ahead. Yeah, the frequency, though, that the team, that the five-point favorite wins by less than, less than five, I don't know the exact math, so I don't want to give bad numbers. It's through the roof. I mean, the the winning by one to five there, one to four especially, is, geez, it's got to be like, I mean, 30% or something. I don't know. So it's really high. I mean, yeah, so that's going to happen all the time, you know. But I still think his better option long run is delay the five. Real, oh, because of the VIG. Right, right, right. Yeah, are, they, kinda, they start to really get you when when the takeout goes up like that. They start to really get you, you know, on the on the price. Right. Mm. Uh, um, college football, guys, is there any guys, that you, any games that you guys are looking at? Obviously, you know, marquee matchups, you know. I, you know, again, I'm looking at some of these, you know. Oh, by the way, let's talk about the Purdue game, Brian. Let's talk about that since you and uh, Dave are like 10 minutes from each other in Nevada. What did you guys think of that Purdue game? That was amazing. What happened in that yeah, game? Yeah, well, that wasn't 10 minutes away. That was a seven-hour drive away. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, same, state, same state. I said you two are seven minutes away from each other. Uh, well, we, I mean, it, it, what, it was remarkable. It, listen, the, the, the kicker came through. It's a, you know, it's a great win for them. I Listen, the one thing from week one to week two, and we could go through a 1,000 games. Missouri, we talked about this last week. Missouri – uh, is a really, really good football team. And they're going up to the dark side of the moon and playing in Wyoming. And if you look at the stats, they fumble. They beat themselves. They play that game a thousand times. They're going to win it, you know, 990 times. But all of a sudden now people are down on Missouri and, you know, one week to the next, don't overreact. Go inside a box score. I mean, the way that game was played, they went up and down the field and then they kept turning the football over. Uh there are a bunch of opportunities. I I would say watch the Rice game on Friday night. And if, if there's a level of c- compete in Rice coming back from the Army game, maybe that gives you a frame of reference for the Army-Michigan game on Saturday because they played each other. It, it's, you know, out of the gate, week one, yeah, we, we can read all we want, and everybody says we got this and we got that information. Nobody knows until you see them play. Uh, what was now it, we've seen State? them play. What was it, Florida State that uh, tanked? Also, Florida, Boise State with a big win. Well, no, I mean, Florida State, Florida State. Yeah, but Boise State gets the W. And but I'm saying so now there are these massive letdown spots. There are teams that are literally, uh, and some will go pear shaped. Some will come and just put the Sasquatch foot on teams next week because they're so mad. But people go, oh, they're no good. They lost that game last week, and they'll bet against them, and they're going to turn around and win by 30 the next week. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And the, and the money agrees with you, too. It opened 11, and Missouri's favored by 14 now. I'm not, I'm not releasing a play, but I think it is a good spot when a double-digit favorite blows the game at like that and then the next game you really get a not 110 percent you get 130 percent effort so that's one thing i like about that situation 
And this will, and, and, well, listen, it, it's, a, it's a season. It's just underway. Now we, we've got some frame of reference. We've seen them. But seasons take a, you know, a shelf life of their own. And, and then new coaches. I mean, there, there are all these other things. And I get it. You know, and we crunch numbers and power ratings. But, the, you know, the intangibles and the things you got to do and go between the lines. New coaches, maybe it takes them a month for the kids to figure out and buy into what they're selling. And then all of a sudden they become a different, a completely different team in week five. So don't go over with It's like the old one on uh, one adage, you know, don't overreact to what you last witnessed and have that willingness to draw a line through a bad game or in read between the lines. Well, basic fundamental, well, though, you want the public to overreact to create value on the spread, though. Sure. That's, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we're telling people don't overreact, but deep down we want, <laughs> I mean, if you're betting for a living, yeah, you want the people to overreact, the bookmakers to overreact, and then you want to have that type of logic where, well, that was just one bad game last week or, uh, they've just had a couple of really unlucky things happen and barely lost. And yes, yeah, so you kind of want to keep a level head, be level headed while everybody else is in panic mode like that. You know? Well, let me let me ask you about uh, key numbers again, Brian um, and 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 Dave. Uh, when I look at a game like Michigan Army, right? I don't think Michigan covered, but they won. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. And you talk about low spread. What about low spread, big spread? So here you're over a key number. You're 22 and a half on Michigan. They're playing Army, but the total's only 46-and-a-half. So, you know, what's your take on that? Because, again, what they're basically saying is the line maker's saying the game's going to go under and Army isn't going to score. That's basically what they're saying. The one thing that is unique to this game is you have one week, although you would think uh, and maybe Michigan kind of looked pretty ordinary at times last week because they were probably preparing for two football games because it's really hard to prepare for Army's offense on a short work week. Um, and I think Army was also as disciplined as those kids are. They're still human beings. You know, They're look, they're playing Rice and they're looking ahead to Michigan. I think both those teams were in look-ahead spots last week. Alright, and what about, these, what about a letdown and a reverse letdown? So you get Purdue that gets whipped. Now they're only laying seven and a half at home against Vanderbilt. But the total, I noticed, is a little higher than that last game we talked about. It's 56. Isn't the square money just going to come in and push up Purdue? Could be even nine by game time. Are you asking me? Yeah, Yeah, you. Well, this is is kind of like – well, this is kind of the opposite of what what he said. For for a square, you, you call him to come in and lay the points now after last week. Um, this is this is to me. This is a really interesting one. Yeah, what does your average person do? Do they take the points or lay it? I, I really don't know here what they're going to do, but I know what the sharp money's done. I have a play on this game too at Vegas Trainers. I'll throw that out. But what your average person does? What do you think, Brian? I, you know what? I, I some sometimes, you know, those sometimes the teams are phony. Sometimes they are bad. It's just what you know. I mean, you got to go inside the box score. Um, it, it, it's just it's amazing that the the reaction and, and I your point's well taken, David. That yeah, I mean, you you stand there and you say constantly, don't overreact to what you last witnessed. Uh, I think they've been saying that since they put games on the board because the public still does. Yeah, but if if if, well, if you if you know a team's a phony team though. And they're constantly laying all these big numbers. Then you can actually find some value going against them for a few weeks until you until it catches up to the line and to your average person that 
oh, wait, this team that we thought was so good isn't very good. Well, you know, so, the, the crazy yeah, one, you, you know, the weird team, which would shock people, and you're around here, David, is for the last three years, and, and now it's a hype, now it's a runaway freight train of hype, and maybe the public's actually on board with the hype. But but the team that consistently was taking the the pro betters out at the knees the last three years, there was this <laughs> massive infatuation with Cleveland in the NFL and, yeah, and, and, and the pros would just keep coming back I gotta and go more yeah. and more. And it's like, if you get hit upside the head with a two-by-four four times, wouldn't you duck you're the really, fifth time? Really I, I got a funny story. Can I tell a story really quick? I got a funny yeah. story. I don't know what so, I don't know what it was, but am I wrong about that? No, you're right. They they just basically yeah we were like oh and we lost like 14 in a row something like that. So, but so, so okay. Brian he he literally was on Cleveland every week. I apologize. <laughs> I I, Dave, I did not know that. <laughs> no, we did no, not. No, talk, no, I, I did got, not know that. No, I got a funny story though. So the Golden Nugget has a contest and it's basically uh, it, it, the way it worked was everybody paid two thousand and then it got into this playoff and there was. There was eight entries left in the playoffs, and every single person had Cleveland against the against the Packers. Okay, so the Cleveland's plus three and a half. So the the game goes into overtime, and sure enough, Packers get the breakaway run touchdown, and everybody was like, "Damn it!" Oh, I, no I, rem- I remember that game. I rem- I remember. <laughs> yeah. that, no, that, there's this this one we were doing a we do the a hockey thing out at Sunset Station and. This one guy's this long-suffering Browns fan. We're finally gonna win, and I mean, literally, I mean, this poor guy—he crawled out of there. Yeah, I think well, they were even winning you, the whole game. But let me ask you about another uh, bounce-off game. Let's do it. Let's, let's do this quick, and we'll take a break. But go ahead. All right, you got Boise State. Now they're laying twelve. They just upset Florida State, and they won thirty-six, thirty-one. And now they're at home. They're laying twelve against Marshall. In, in, is that a uh, overvalued line based upon what they saw last week? Go ahead, Dave. I'll let it. I'll let uh, anybody. <laughs> you let me do it because that's a tough one. Uh, um, John, you got an opinion on that one? Well, probably not because you're I mean, asking I just, us. I, I mean, I just think the line should probably be ten, and it's at least two. Well, well, well generally, well, well, okay. If somebody here's here's my general rule. It's a general rule, not a not a play. I, I got to keep saying that. I don't want people to go out. Oh, he said this. When a team does get an upset win, you really in the next game are not looking to lay double digits. Like it's just one of the fundamentals because it, the emotional downer really does exist. I mean, they're human. They're they're younger too. They're in college. So I myself try to stay away from those types. It doesn't mean I am going to stay away from it, but I try to in general. So that's how I. That's what I think. But I mean, I could be wrong in this situation. But I'm actually not giving the play, so I can't be wrong. But yeah, you really. I, I try to stay away from the team that just had the 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 big win. The next week. All right, you got. It. You want to take a break, Brian? Then we'll uh, hang tight and come back. Yeah, we'll be right back. Hang in there. It's Sports Insider Radio. I invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Head to the top of the hour in Las Vegas.
1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com, get our top Consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. All right, we're back with you here, Sports Insider Radio. Let's get right back to the boys. John, Mike, and Dave joining us. Dave Miller joining us today. All right, fellas, so what what are the the big things? John, close it out. We just talk about how that first full Saturday went. All right, so, for, well, first of all, you remember when you were, I forgot what casino you were at, one of my buddies came up and uh, knocked you on the shoulder and said, hey, Brian, my buddy Troy. Oh, you took a year off my life. Right, so... Uh, <laughs> So he, you know, he's. Up I'm there. not he's kidding. Crazy. I'm. I'm standing. The guy comes up, hits me on the back, and I'm like, you know, I mean. It, and then he said, "Yeah, I, I'm friends with John." I said, "Well, good. After I hit you, I'm going to go hit him." So, so he lives. He, he frequent. He frequents the Rock. He lives about five minutes from Dave. He actually never met Dave before. But what's funny? He he's a professional better. Um, he's a money line guy. So this whole entire NFL season and college football season. You know, he's he's the guy that gave me that Wake Forest on the money line. He only – he basically treats – and I just wanted to – and then we'll get into real games this weekend, what you guys think of that. I mean, he's – everybody has their own way to skin the cat, as our good friend Kenny White says, if you have an edge and you can make a living doing this. But, you know, it's it, he, he had a show me over years. He treats football and basketball like baseball. And don't get me wrong, it, you know, he has a limit of about 200 and it, he won't go over 200 in a baseball game or 200 in a, a money line football game. But, you know, what's your take on that? It's worked for him. Obviously, it's all he does for a living. But, you know, it, it's a very unique way to actually play. You're, you're making football like like best baseball and hockey, and you don't care about the spreads. You want me to answer it? I think that you're sure. limiting yourself 
for value, especially here in Vegas. A lot of these contrarian games, we're able to get extra value on the spread. Sure, we can get it on the money line too, but to just limit yourself to money lines, I mean, what are you going to do when there's great value on, let's say, Wake Forest and Rice? Let's pretend the going rate's 19, 19 and a half offshore, and we got 21s popping up all over the place. He has actually no value in that game because they're not going to they're not they're not going to do the same thing on the money line and make it super high. They they just don't do that. So I think he's limiting himself uh, to to less opportunities doing that. And, Correct. But, I mean, you and him are completely opposite. You bet forty games a weekend. He bets he bets four. Exactly. Well, yeah, I think he's limiting himself to capping himself at value capping himself. However you want to word it, but. I think he should keep all his options open and and maybe still do the majority of money lines. But to just say I only do money lines, you're just missing a ton of value living here in Vegas. That's my opinion. Well, and especially for NFL, it's not as bad because you get a lot of games that are threes. And, you know, Uh we're not talking about laying the money line on Seattle, right? Right. Like, basically, if he's on the favorite, he's not going to lay the three. He's going to, you know, if he can get 200 or 210, you know, he'll lay the money line. It was just interesting because I thought of it on break, you know, that you – I know you had to play one of your – you know, you had 40, 42 games or whatever. Wake Forest, you were on Wake Forest, and it was me and him actually discussed that. And I realized for you, you're not as emotionally affected by that. It was just interesting to see how you both gave me Wake Forest. One was on the money line. One was on the spread. You happen to unfortunately lose, and then they win, and he covers. It was just interesting, like I said, in all the years that I've done this, He's, it's a very unique strategy. Well, if he's also if he's going to take the money line on like ten point favorites, I mean, you talk no, about getting no, juiced. He would. He oh, he just does it on under four or something. Yeah, only max two hundred exactly. Two hundred. Okay, well, max two hundred. I guess that's a decent strategy. I thought he was just taking like, you know, even like thirteen point favorites or thirteen no, point dogs. No, 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 I mean, no, some no, of those no, dogs max have value. Max, max, it, it, just like in his mind, it's what it's what. It's what Brian always says. If you lay 200 in a baseball game, and speaking of baseball, I don't. I just want to. Yeah, I know you're not into it, David. But Brian, did you have anything going in the Mets Washington game last night? <laughs> I I can only imagine how big that number got my in in game wagering. Blowing yeah. up, blow Brian. When I say my phone started blowing up, I didn't even use the game, but all the clients like to make me their psychologist, and I'm getting all these texts <laughs> from guys going. I got Washington. God, I hope they can score. And then I got guys texting me going, I got the Mets. I can't believe I'm going to lose this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, hey, and the one thing we should mention real quick, baseball continues to roll along, but we know people are going to get so, to use your word, hyper-focused on football. Don't forget about baseball. Well, Mike, tell them about your weekend this week, and this is your first major weekend. Tell me what time you're going to get here and what time you're going to leave. We're usually on an average, you know, during the football year, Saturdays, we usually get in at around 7 a.m. Eastern, because we're obviously on the East Coast, and we don't leave until the last game goes to halftime, because aside from the releases that we get from everybody and give them out to the clients, we're sitting here trading all the games at halftime. We're finding the right number and the soft numbers that we can find on the board, because again, we may not even have certain plays on the games, but come a halftime opportunity just because we have the eyeball test in the first half and the math model gives us the ability to bet the second half we do it because again we're mercenaries we're not doing this simply because of entertainment we're not doing this because we want to bet it and forget it 
You're doing it as a business, Dave. You're doing it as a business, Brian. We're doing it as a business. And the fact is, when you truly have non-emotional trading and you stop gambling and you start trading, that's where we have and we find that most of our clients are successful. The guys that only want to bet a game because it's noon, bet a game because it's 4 o'clock, bet the night game simply because they're sitting on the couch watching, those guys will not be successful. And they've shown that year after year. But when they actually start trading and they start using the math models of what we're put in place for halftime trading, we make them oh. extremely wealthy. It's there, that simple. There's all, let's see the guys. We're on the clock, John, real quick. Right, but here's a perfect example, Brian. Tomorrow, I got to say, because it makes me feel good, the Bears. Ah, the Bears are going to have such a handle tomorrow. Because just because there's a game. Yeah. Oh, and it's sitting on three, and it's a division game. Listen, guys, great stuff. Uh, SportsInsiderRadio.com, and you can uh, get hold of the guys, 800-209-1679. Thanks, Dave, for uh, jumping in today. John and Mike, uh, you guys enjoy the start of the NFL season, and we'll play it back again next week on Sports Insider Radio. Hey, sports bettors, when it comes down to convenience, unique numbers, and creative offerings, you'll love having the Golden Nugget Sports Mobile app at your disposal. Everything on the Golden Nugget betting board is on the app, including halftimes, props, matchups, and future indexes. Easy in, easy out to sign up. Tony Miller and his team will also be offering numerous props on your hometown Vegas Golden Knights. The ability to shop for numbers is back, and the Golden Nugget is a standalone book that provides a terrific option when you're ready to make a play. Make sure to swing downtown and dive into the action with the Golden Nuggets Sports Mobile app. Remember back in the good old days in 1959? The Welcome to Las Vegas sign was built. And terrible herbs opened in the Vegas Valley? That's right, folks. To say thank you, we're going to do something crazy. We're going to give away gas for 60 cents a gallon. Download the app to find out where and when first. We're calling it Throwback Terribles. It's all part of our Terribles 60-year celebration. Every Thursday starting July 11th through August 29th. There's a brand new football contest in town at Oasis Bar and Grill now under new ownership. The same friendly staff is featuring a brand new and improved football contest with a $20,000 weekly cash grand prize for a perfect card. $1,400 in cash and slot club free play per week is guaranteed if no one hits a perfect card. Big 10 games versus the spread and 10 fantasy props each week. Contest cards are given out from Monday at 5 p.m. till Sunday at 10 a.m. each week. It's the best football contest in town at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur, just south of Trot. Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, a legendary world-class destination. It's the Vegas Bowl, Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, a legendary world-class destination, is celebrated for its expansive variety of suites, abundant on-site amenities, superb customer service, and prime location to the Las Vegas Strip. Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino boasts an extraordinary array of services and amenities, from the world's largest race and sports book to the world-famous Benihana Restaurant. Go to www.westgateresorts.com. That's westgateresorts.com for your next vacation getaway. 
All right, here we go, folks. Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Got you covered at 2 o'clock. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. And we're excited. Hey, new deal. We start right at the top of the hour now, so uh, gives us a few extra minutes, and we're excited about that. We're going to dive right in. we got good stuff today. Jeff Sherman at Golf Odds on Twitter. Our good friend from the Superbook is going to check in. The Super Contest, football season, NFL tomorrow night, college football, basically week two, first full week last week. Lots on the docket. Baseball's rolling right along.